You're listening to Youth Voice Alaska, a production of the Alaska Teen Media Institute and StoryWorks Alaska. I'm Maeve Wiley, and I'll be your host for the day. The reason behind this podcast is to spread awareness about bullying behavior, not only in general, but specifically in our Anchorage community, why it happens, how it happens, and what can be done to stop it. Bullying behavior can be recognized through three classifications. It requires a real or perceived power imbalance, it must be done with the intent to harm, and it must be repeated or have the potential to be repeated. When all three of these occur in the same situation, it is bullying behavior. Throughout the duration of this podcast, we will be listening to three stories. One from somebody who expresses the feeling of being the target, and two from teens who found their own unique ways to overcome their insecurities. Each one of these true stories comes from an Alaskan high school student who told their story at one of the many shows put on by StoryWorks Alaska. Our first story comes from Juan. In his story, he will be discussing his experience, finding a positive role model, and how his new friend helped him overcome who he used to be. All right, so this story is called The High Five. And like many other great stories, this one goes all the way back to sixth grade. And um, at the time I was 12 years old, and I was a completely different person who I am today. I was very short, very fat, pretty much considered talking people by then. Yeah. Not only that, I was very insecure, shy, uh, and just uh, my English wasn't very good. It, it it wasn't good at all. It was terrible. And yeah, at, at the end of sixth grade, uh, I realized something. I realized that I didn't have any connections. I didn't have any friends. I didn't. I didn't have a group. I didn't. I couldn't share my my. My, ex, I don't know, my expressions or anything to a friend, I couldn't trust anyone. And I hated the fact. I hated not being able to trust someone. So after that, I put myself a goal, a goal of changing, completely changing myself. And so I started the next summer, 2013 summer. And I started with my physical appearance because I thought that was like the biggest obstacle in my life. That I thought that what, that's what stopped me from being who I wanted to be. So, so I told my body, you're gonna stop growing from the sides and just grow, grow and just rise. And so we did. I, I don't know how it happened. Uh, I'm still figuring it out. I don't know if it was magic, aliens, probably the most obvious one, puberty. But I still don't know. And anyways, I'm going to seventh grade. I'm all pumped. I feel like I changed. I feel like I'm another completely different person. I'm, I'm gonna get so many friends. I'm gonna be the most popular kid in the school. I'm super excited. So I go in and little I did know is that anything, nothing, nothing at all changed. I was still the same shy, insecure, no friend, no friends, no English fluent kid that I was in sixth grade. And I hated it. I thought it was gonna be another year of sixth grade. Just why even try? Until in the middle of the year, I meet this girl, and no, it's not a love story, but <laughs> I meet this girl, and she actually comes up to me, and like anybody else, I would just come up to them, say hi, and pretty much that, that was it. That's, that's the whole connection we had. But she came up to me and became my friend. She was the first person who ever I could I, 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 ever, I ever trusted, and her name, her name was Camelia. And she was just everything I wanted to be. She was, she was confident. She was funny. She was 
she was just everything. She, she talked English just great. <laughs> and it was awesome. I, I just wanted to be Camellia. I wanted to be Camellia. So I would always stand next to her. I would just follow her, kind of take notes of everything she did. In a way, stalking her, but you know, I wanted to achieve my goal and you do everything to achieve it. So I did. And she would like try to approach me to become who I want to be. She would like show me friends and stuff, but it would be just like, hi, hi, and just sort of forget about each other the next day. It wasn't that big of a deal. So I figured that I had to, had to, had to become who I wanted to be by myself. And seventh grade ended. It wasn't as bad as I thought. It was actually pretty cool. And the summer goes by and eighth grade comes, comes around and my parents find out about this great thing that the school provides, which were sports. And I didn't know about it. Like, I was just a chubby boy who barely knew or cared enough about sports. So I was just like, hey, let's, let's start it out. Why not? And I tried cross country, which, by the way, was the worst idea I could have ever gotten because I had just gotten out, out of my obesity problem and then making me run freaking two mile races. It was just terrible. But I, but I enjoyed it. And, anyways, uh, on the first meet, not meet, just kind of reunion. They told us to go to the to the launch room, and everyone reunited. I was the last person because I didn't know where to, where to go, so someone just showed me, and I came in, and it was amazing. I just saw these people just connecting. They were all in groups, just sharing their ideas, just a positive feeling overall. It was great. Then I felt that, and right right away I felt the feeling of sixth grade, just feeling lonely. I didn't have any connections. I couldn't share with anyone. I was just in the corner by myself, and I was just like, well, this is just like a mini sixth grade again. Great. But then I was just like, nope, you're not doing that. You're going to do something about it. Come on. And I was like, I don't know English. And I was like, figure it out. I was like, and then I remember how I met Camille. I was like, well, I certainly didn't talk to her because I didn't know any English, so how did I do it? And then uh, I remember, and it was a high five. Just a simple high five. And it might not look that big of a deal, but that high five is sort of a way to connect each other, sort of like connecting ideas, sort of like a matrix, you know, just plug in something and whoop, you absorb everything. And so I thought, okay, I'm gonna try the high five. I'm just gonna go for it. Let's see if they accept me. And people were either gonna think of me as a little creepy kid who wanted to physically touch you for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> or um, a kid who, want, who wanted to be, who wanted a chance to join a group or to have a friend to trust. And so it happened. Like, oh, I was, holy smokes, it worked. It actually worked. The high five worked. And so I just kept trying it. I just kept high-fiving people. I kept getting all these connections, all this matrix knowledge. I was like, yeah, <laughs> woo! And people just started opening, opening the doors to me. It was just like they were welcoming to a new life. And it was amazing. And once the <coughs> high-five started, that built up everything else. So my confidence started building up. Uh, I wasn't shy anymore. And my English improved because... When I gave that high five, it wasn't just, there are two different types of high fives. There's the lazy one when they go like that, and they're either very lazy or they just don't care about you, or they're just tired. And there's the other high five where 
you just high five them and you know you can trust those people. You know you can be yourself in front of those people. So that's how everything built up. I knew I could trust the people that I saw confident like and that I could be myself with. And that's that's how I like that's why I talked English with them because I didn't I, I didn't care about my accent. I didn't care if I knew almost nothing about it. I just tr I just tried it because I could be myself with them. And that's why every, everything raised and now and then I still use my high fives, but not as a way to for people to approve me as as their friend or something like that. It's more of a it's more of as a thank you to them. As, as a thank you to for accepting me into their lives, for making me part of their lives, for becoming my friends. And some people make make may see it ridiculous, but that's something that I really appreciate. And honestly, after that, I achieved my goal. I had became who I wanted to be. It took two years, but you know, I did it, and that's what matters. I had become who I wanted to be, Camellia, I guess. And, yeah, and honestly, I couldn't be any prouder of who I am today. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that amazing story, Juan. We at StoryWorks especially enjoyed hearing about how you were able to challenge yourself at such a young age to be the best version of yourself that you could. That was Juan, and you're listening to Youth Voice Alaska. Next up, we have Iron. In his story, he tells us about how he experienced being a target of bullying behavior before finding confidence in his own self-image. Hello, everyone. My name is Iron, and today I'm going to talk to you about this annoying piece of extra skin on my head. As you can see, it's uh, my birthmark actually. So ever since I was born, I actually never noticed until my mom pointed out because I never looked in the mirror. And it's just this black little spot. So you know elementary st students, correct? They're really mean, like vicious little animals, just calling people names, you know. So in let's say fourth grade, there was picture day and I was so excited. So I shaved my head, and my dad actually shaved his head too, because it's the cool thing to do. And I went to school, and w as I'm walking to the cafeteria where they take all the pictures, I just hear snarky comments and laughing and giggles, and I'm just like, what's up? What's wrong? And everyone's just laughing at me and saying, what is that big black spot on your head? And I just stopped and froze. And I was just like, everyone's looking at me. And I just rushed to the restroom. And I just started crying. I was like, man, why did all these people have to judge me just because of this thing? And I just hated myself. I was really, how do you say? I was really disappointed that I had this thing, this birthmark. I really wanted to get it off. I would, Asked my mom, hey mom, can I go get this removed or something? But she got a hold of me, put her arms on my shoulders, and she looked at me. She was like, you shouldn't let this one thing identify, uh, real control your life. It's just, you can't change it. You were born with it. You should be proud of it. It makes you different. And since that day, I really didn't care. I didn't care about what people would say. I didn't care about how they laugh or how they say mean things. I would just really 
use this at, as an advantage to, uh, to boost my confidence. So fast forwarding to middle school and high school, I actually started shaving my sides like this, like this haircut. And people would comment, what is that thing? And I would say, it's my birthmark. I was born with it. Uh, it actually takes the pigment out of my hair and makes it white. And they're just like, oh, that's so cool. It makes you look older. It makes you look so smart, like Albert Einstein. And that it really turned my life around. And I just think that if there's something different about you guys, all of you guys, I think that you should really be proud of it. It makes you who you are. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your powerful story, Iron. Iron's story was an example of how he and we can turn our own insecurities into our favorite parts of ourselves with the right amount of confidence. Throughout his story, we saw all three classifications of bullying behavior in action, the intent to harm, a power imbalance, and the possibility of repetition. If you're just tuning in, that was Iron with his story about undergoing bullying behavior, and you're listening to Youth Voice Alaska. Our final story today comes from Cami. In her story, Cami tells the story of how she overcame a serious challenge in her life and how her life has changed for the better since then. So it was an amazing experience to be surrounded by a group of people who are all in, had the same experiences I had. We were all blind people. I am blind or technically visually impaired, which the distinction is like visually impaired is 200 or above with glasses and blind is 200 or below with glasses, so I'm 200 without my glasses, so I'm like in between-ish. So I'm not quite blind yet, but when you say visually impaired, nobody gets what you mean. They're like, glasses, you can see. No, I can't. <laughs> so I was diagnosed when I was around three, because my parents said I was cute when I'd run into walls. They were like, oh, you're a clown. You're running into walls. You're tripping on stuff. How cute. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you have optic nerve atrophy. Your optic nerve is dying. You can't see the walls. <laughs> like yeah so optic nerve atrophy <laughs> is the deterioration of the optic nerve so like I've got no peripheral at all um, I blurry colors are a little faded so there's that but I don't I don't let it stop me I went to an elementary school like everybody else did from kindergarten through sixth grade in Anchorage and I did everything everybody else did sometimes I did it better than they did and I didn't really have anybody there to help me. The teacher for the blind and visually impaired only showed up about once a month, which wasn't very often. And I didn't have really any technology to help me. I didn't have any like braille training or anything like that to help for like the future in which I may go blind. So I didn't have any of that. But it didn't really stop me. But when I got to Polaris, things really changed in seventh grade. I got more opportunities. There were people here all the time. They were teaching me stuff. I learned about things like I did an event with Paralympics where we did skiing and shooting, which was fun. Got to shoot stuff. <laughs> Don't worry, it wasn't real ammunition. It was just a laser, so I couldn't kill anyone. <laughs> and there was that. And then things kind of slowed, kind of stopped again. There wasn't really many events to do. And then over this spring break this year, I started doing a lot more over spring break. I joined um, a camp for the blind, which was a first-time thing for them. The Alaska Center of the Blind hosted a camp for blind students, and we did it over spring break, and um, there was like five-ish students and a bunch of adults there that were helping out, 
and we did things like cooking and they had things like braille on the stove so you knew what was high what was low and they had notches cut into measuring cups so you knew like if it was one notch on one side two notches on the other it was half a cup and they just had really cool things that I never thought of I would never have done I mean things to cut notches in a measuring cup so we did that and it was really fun and then in the afternoon we had to go out so I had to take the city bus for the first time which was a different experience <laughs> and there were things I didn't know about like bus actually reads off the stops where you're at so you know where to get off never knew that never rode the bus probably won't ride it again <laughs> and there were things like that that I didn't know so when we got to where we were going in the mall I'd ask somebody for directions my first mistake was heading to GCI for directions because after repeatedly telling them I was blind and that looking for the Starbucks wasn't going to help, I needed like turn left, turn right, walk straight directions, I moved on to a different store. And then somebody let me borrow their cane because I didn't have mine with me that day. And that made the world of a difference. I got better directions, people were kinder, people moved out of the way. It's not just getting around with the cane, it's a huge statement piece for people. Society kind of picks up on it and kind of has different cues for it. Like, People move, people are kind, people don't like think, oh, you're running into a wall, what's wrong with you? Although people do tend to stare a lot because they don't think you can look back at them. <laughs> so, so I got directions and I made it to my destination, which was the Apple Store, where we learned about a bunch of different things about voiceover and technology, which is like, Siri speaks to you all the time. And it's mainly swipes and taps on the screen but there's a thousand different ways to do both. I mean, it can use one finger, it can use two, it can use three, you can tap twice, and it turns on different things that if you tap once. And there's all these different things that I didn't know about, and that as a large group, we all had voiceover running at once, and we were all learning different things. And we spent a few hours there actually learning about all the different things, how they put it in place, how they actually hire blind people to build the voiceover, so they can figure out the kinks and know what needs to be added. And it was just, really cool stuff that I didn't know about and eventually we had to go back and the day was kind of over but that wasn't the end of the experience I mean I've learned and gained so much I gained friendships from it from other people that I hadn't met before I didn't know most of them when I got there I was it was kind of scary I was alone I was excited but I was alone and then I came out with a couple new friendships and new experiences and it's opened up a whole new world of opportunities like, I might go to Florida this summer for the national something blind convention. <laughs> <laughs> and I might do that this summer, cause, all because I started doing something with a group. And I might go and stay at the Center for the Blind to learn new things that I didn't know about, because you can't cover everything in a camp over spring break. So it's just really neat and cool. And I've got cane skills now, a little bit, not that great, still hit walls. <laughs> and I'm, I might get more cane skills and that'd be great because as somebody once told me it's better to look like an independent blind person than to look like a drunk person mm -hmm. thank you thanks so much for sharing Cami. that was an outstanding example of how you can turn a personal challenge into a fantastic addition to who you are that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the program. Tune in next time to hear more stories from Alaska youth. 
I'm Maeve Wiley, and this has been a production of Alaska Teen Media Institute and StoryWorks Alaska. Thanks for listening.